Good morning. Welcome to Crestview Inspiration, a ministry of encouragement from Crestview Baptist Church in Canton, North Carolina. We want to share with you sweet songs of worship and an uplifting word from the scriptures. While you listen, may the spirit of grace flow from heaven into your heart and home, right where you are. Good morning, Canton, North Carolina. This is Pastor Mark Page, student pastor at Crestview Baptist Church. The next song that we want to share with you is a song that I wrote called You Found Me. My beautiful wife, Jordan Page, is featured in this song. We recorded this song uh, with our band 6-8 Worship at Sky Studios WNC. Thank you guys for listening.
Good morning, beloved. I'm so glad to be with you this morning as we'll meet around God's Word and seek the God who wrote these inspired words. I feel that for the next several weeks, I want to do a mini-series on the book of Daniel. We will not be able to delve too deeply with the prophetic passages, but we will touch on the keys of the future events outlined in Daniel. But I feel that as Daniel and his three brothers from Jerusalem struggled in this exile, we likewise are in a type of exile due to the pandemic. So I feel the Lord would have us look at Daniel and apply these powerful truths to our lives right now. We saw last week a message on the fiery furnace and the power of God to bring his people through the fire. We have seen God reveal his power in chapter 1 with Daniel and the three Hebrew young men as they faced the king the first time over the dietary laws. And then we saw again in chapter 2 the miraculous and life-saving revelation to Daniel concerning the first dream of King Nebuchadnezzar. And we saw that God showed up in chapter 3 in the fiery furnace of presumed death as the fourth man in the furnace. He showed up with mighty power and an outstretched arm, and he delivered his three servants, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, astonishing the king and revealing his greatness. Now today's message brings a focus on King Nebuchadnezzar and how God was working in the Babylonian king to reveal his greatness. Let me read this passage in part to you, and we'll unpack it. The Bible says, Nebuchadnezzar the king to all peoples, nations, and languages that dwell in the earth, peace be multiplied to you. I thought it good to declare the signs and wonders that the Most High God has worked for me. How great are his signs and how mighty his wonders. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. And his dominion is from generation to generation. I, Nebuchadnezzar, was at rest in my house and flourishing in my palace. I saw a dream which made me afraid, and the thoughts on my bed and the visions on my head troubled me. Therefore, I issued a decree to bring in all the wise men of Babylon before me, that they might make known to me the interpretation of the dream. Then the magicians, the astrologers, the Chaldeans, and the soothsayers came in, and I told them the dream, but they did not make known to me its interpretation. But at last Daniel came before me, his name is Belteshazzar, according to the name of my God, in him is the spirit of the holy God. And I told the dream before him, saying, Belteshazzar, chief of the magicians, because I know that the spirit of the holy God is in you, and no secret troubles you. Explain to me the visions of my dream that I have seen and its interpretation. These were the visions on my head while on my bed. I was looking, and behold, a tree in the midst of the earth, and its height was great. The tree grew and became strong. Its height reached to the heavens, and it could be seen to the ends of all the earth. Its leaves were lovely, its fruit abundant. And in it was food for all. The beasts of the field found shade under it. The birds of the heavens dwelt in its branches, and all flesh was fed from it. I saw in the visions of my head while on my bed, and there was a watcher, a holy one, coming down from heaven. He cried aloud and said thus, Chop down the tree and cut off its branches, strip off its leaves and scatter its fruit. Let the beasts get out from under it and the birds from its branches. Nevertheless, leave the stump and roots in the earth. 
bound with a band of iron and bronze. And the tender grass of the field, let it be wet with the dew of heaven, and let him graze with the beasts on the grass of the earth. Let his heart be changed from that of a man, let him be given the heart of a beast, and let seven times pass over him. This decision is by the decree of the watchers, and the sentence by the word of the holy ones, in order that the living may know that the Most High rules in the kingdom of men, gives it to whomever he will, and sets over it the lowest of men. This dream I, Nebuchadnezzar, have seen. Now you, Belteshazzar, declare its interpretation, since all the wise men of my kingdom are not able to make known to me the interpretation. But you are able, for the spirit of the holy God is in you. Then Daniel, whose name was Belteshazzar, was astonished for a time, and his thoughts troubled him. So the king spoke and said, Belteshazzar, do not let the dream or its interpretation trouble you. Belteshazzar answered and said, My lord, may the dream concern those who hate you, and its interpretation concern your enemies. The tree that you saw, which grew and became strong, whose height reached to the heavens, and which could be seen by all the earth, whose leaves were lovely and its fruit abundant, in which was food for all, under which the beasts of the field dwelt, and in whose branches the birds of the heaven had their home. It is you, O king, who have grown and become strong. For your greatness has grown and reaches to the heavens, and your dominion to the end of the earth. And inasmuch as the king saw the watcher, a holy one, coming down from heaven and saying, Chop down the tree and destroy it, but leave its stump and roots in the earth, bound with a band of iron and bronze in the tender grass of the field. Let it be wet with the dew of heaven, and let him graze with the beasts of the field till seven times pass over him, O king. And this is the decree of the Most High, which has come upon my lord the king. They shall drive you from men, your dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field, and they shall make you eat grass like oxen. They shall wet you with the dew of heaven, and seven times shall pass over you until you know that the Most High rules in the kingdom of men and gives it to whomever he chooses. And inasmuch as they gave the command to leave the stump and roots of the tree, your kingdom shall be assured to you after you come to know that heaven rules. Therefore, O king, let my advice be acceptable to you. Break off your sins by being righteous and your iniquities by showing mercy to the poor. Perhaps there may be a lengthening of your prosperity. All this came upon King Nebuchadnezzar at the end of the 12 months. He was walking about the royal palace of Babylon. The king spoke, saying, Is not this great Babylon that I have built for a royal dwelling by my mighty power and for the honor of my majesty? While the word was still in the king's mouth, a voice fell from heaven. King Nebuchadnezzar, to you it is spoken, the kingdom has departed from you. And they shall drive you from men, and your dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field. They shall make you eat grass like oxen, and seven times shall pass over you, until you know that the Most High rules in the kingdom of men, and gives it to whomever he chooses. That very hour, the word was fulfilled concerning Nebuchadnezzar. He was driven from men 
and ate grass like oxen. His body was wet with the dew of heaven until his hair had grown like eagle's feathers and his nails like bird's claws. And at the end of the time, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted my eyes to heaven and my understanding returned to me. And I blessed the Most High and praised and honored him who lives forever. For his dominion is an everlasting dominion and his kingdom is from generation to generation. All the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing. He does according to his will in the army of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth. No one can restrain his hand or say to him, What have you done? At the same time, my reason returned to me, and for the glory of my kingdom, my honor and splendor returned to me. My counselors and nobles resorted to me. I was restored to my kingdom, and excellent majesty was added to me. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol and honor the king of heaven, all of whose works are truth and his ways justice, and those who walk in pride. He is able to put down. Beloved, God desires to reveal his sovereign greatness, just like King Nebuchadnezzar. He desires to reveal his greatness to us. And I want to share this message to you today on how does God desire to reveal his greatness to us. I want to draw out five ways that God wants to reveal his sovereign greatness in this passage. Number one, to experience God's greatness we need more than intellectual agreement. You see, the king had this dream. This dream happened 30 years later than the dream in chapter 2. And the first words out of the king's mouth in chapter 4 speak of the greatness of God. He said to all peoples, nations, and languages that dwell in all the earth, peace be multiplied to you. I thought it good to declare the signs and wonders that the Most High God has worked for me. How great are his signs and how mighty his wonders. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and his dominion is from generation to generation. It would seem that the king had a grasp of the greatness of God. After seeing the firsthand miraculous power of the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, he issues this great royal decree. So what's the problem? The problem is King Nebuchadnezzar does not fully understand that God is in total control of human history, including his own Babylonian empire. He had an intellectual agreement of the greatness of God, but lacked a changed heart and a true experiential understanding of God's greatness and his sovereign power. And only a head knowledge of the God of heaven and earth is not enough. So we also must have a changed heart from the greatness of God, and we'll discover in this message, so did King Nebuchadnezzar, for us today, a head knowledge and the message of Jesus is not enough. There has to be something more, which the king discovered and we must discover. The message of God in his saving grace must make it all the way to our heart. Our heart must be changed by the greatness of God and the revelation of his greatness found in his son, Jesus Christ. A head knowledge and intellectual agreement is not enough. The second way we see God revealing his greatness, according to the scripture, is to experience God's greatness. We must realize the bankruptcy of human ability. 
In other words, when King Nebuchadnezzar had this troubling dream, he called all his wise men and soothsayers to explain the dream to him, but they were unable to do it. He had every wise man in the kingdom, except Daniel, to try to reveal what the meaning of this troubling dream is, but the Bible says they could not do it. There's the bankruptcy of human ability to see the greatness of God and the greatness of God's working in human history. Man cannot by himself understand nor grasp the great power of God and the working of God. This echoes what Paul said to the church in Corinth. He said this, 1 Corinthians 2, verse 7, But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory, which none of the rulers of this age knew. For had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the Spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. These things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual but the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God for their foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they're spiritually discerned. But he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. Beloved, we must realize the bankruptcy of human ability to perceive what God is doing in the greatness of God and an understanding of God. Paul says that the natural man, that is the person who does not have the Spirit of God, cannot receive the things of God, for these things are foolishness to him. In other words, the essential truth is human ability, apart from the working of the Holy Spirit, cannot discern spiritual truths about God. That is why the soothsayers and the wise men and all the advisors to the king of Babylon were stumped. They couldn't understand it. But even King Nebuchadnezzar believed that Daniel, who had the spirit of the holy God, could interpret this troubling dream. And Daniel alone could do it, and he did. So to apply this to our lives, we must realize that we cannot understand the things of God without the spirit of God. And we must receive the spirit of God to understand God and the things of God. My question to you is, are you trusting in human ability or are you trusting in the greatness of God revealed through the Spirit of God, beloved? I encourage you to trust Him. Number three, to experience God's greatness, we must receive revelation from God. This dream that came to the king was given by God, and the interpretation was given by God to Daniel, who in turn gave it to the king. This revelation is critical to experiencing God's greatness. God desired for the king to know and understand what he was about. 
And this dream of the tree spreading out and then the interpretation of the, the animal that was stayed out in the field seven times. By the way, the seven times is seven years. is a revelation of what God was doing. And, and Daniel could re- only interpret it through the spirit, which he did. And he explained to the king what it meant, that the, the tree was him, the animal was also him, and seven times is seven years that God was going to cause the king to go into a type of temporary insanity. And after seven years, uh, he would be restored to his throne and God would give him back this throne after he taught him that the Most High rules from heaven. Beloved, God has revealed himself through his word. The revelation is through the word of God and the greatness of God is revealed through his word. I will Let me share this psalm with you. The Bible says in Psalm 145, speaking of the greatness of of God, I will extol you, my God, O King, and I will bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you, and I will praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. We see that the king failed to grasp this. He saw the revelation. He heard what the meaning of the dream was. But we're going to see that he didn't really heed it. And that's the fourth way we see God revealing his greatness. To experience God's greatness, we must abandon our pride and humble heart. The Bible says it was about a year after this dream, the king started to brag out loud about his kingdom and his own power and how he had done it all. By the way, there's a warning for us. America... We, if we take credit for what God has done, we claim that we have done it. I got news for you. We have transgressed against the most high holy God who is in charge of all men and all nations. God is in charge of the United States of America. And he's in charge of every nation. He's in charge of all the universe. And this king bragged that he was in charge, that he had done all this. And the Bible says in verse 30, the king spoke saying, it's not this great Babylon that I have built for a royal dwelling by my mighty power and for the honor of my majesty. And while the word was still in the king's mouth, a voice fell from heaven. King Nebuchadnezzar, to you it is spoken. The kingdom has departed from you and they shall drive you from men and your dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field. They shall make you eat grass like oxen and seven times shall pass over you until you know that the most high rules in the kingdom of men and gives it to whomever he chooses. That very hour, the word was fulfilled concerning Nebuchadnezzar. He was driven from men and ate grass like oxen. His body was wet with the dew of heaven until his hair had grown like eagle's feathers and his nails like bird's claws. You see, God fulfills what he promises to do, either in blessing or in judgment. And God declared judgment upon the arrogant king, and it was fulfilled for seven years. The king was completely insane because he failed to humble himself. Beloved, let me tell you this. The lesson is we must humble ourselves before the greatness and the power of sovereign God in our lives. The old apostle and preacher James says this, God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. 
Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Lament and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. We've got to get rid of our pride, our arrogance, and humble ourselves before a mighty God. If Haywood County, we want to see the power of God, we've got to humble our heart and call on God in all humility and get rid of our arrogance and call on God. It reminds me of King Louis XIV, a great king called the Sun King. Uh, in 1715, he died after a reign of 72 years. He had called himself the Great and was the monarch who made the famous statement, I am the state. His court was the most magnificent in Europe, and his funeral was equally spectacular. As his body lay in state in a golden coffin, orders were given that the cathedral should be very dimly lit with only a special candle set above his coffin to dramatize his greatness. At the memorial, thousands waited in hushed silence. Then Bishop Massillon began to speak. Slowly reaching down, he snuffed out the candle and said, only God is great. Beloved, only God is great. And we must abandon our arrogance and humble ourselves before an all-powerful great God. And in the last way we see God's greatness to experience it, we must praise and honor God above all. The scripture says that after seven years, his mind returned, and the first thing he did was acknowledge a true heart change and exclaim that only God is great. I believe at that moment King Nebuchadnezzar had a heart change whereby he put his faith in the living God, and I believe he was saved. And at that time, he lifted his eyes to heaven, and he said this. He said, My understanding returned to me, and I blessed the Most High and praised and honored him who lives forever. For his dominion is an everlasting dominion, and his kingdom is from generation to generation. All the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing. He does according to his will in the army of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth. No one can restrain his hand or say to him, What have you done? Beloved, how great is our God. Our God raises the dead. Our God parts the sea. Our God calms the water. Our God heals the sick. Our God gives sight to the blind. But even more than that, he made and sustains all things. Colossians says this, For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him, and he is before all things and in him. All things hold together. Jesus made and sustains all things. God is totally in control of all creation. All earthly rulers and all authorities are under his hand. He's sovereign over all the earth, and he alone deserves the praise and the honor from everybody on the earth. We must praise God and honor him for who he is and what he can do. And he can do anything, beloved. God has ultimately revealed himself through his son, 
Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So today, let's set our hearts on experiencing the greatness of God by humbling our hearts before God, receiving Jesus Christ, not with just an intellectual agreement, but with a true heart transformation. Put your faith in the Lord Jesus who died for your sins. Give him your heart and life and trust him for eternity and experience the greatness of God. Then the Holy Spirit will touch your heart and change you from the inside out. And let's trust God to give us the experience of his greatness and receive his all-powerful saving grace through his son, Jesus. I love you all. I pray God will bless you all. And I look forward to seeing you next week. Thank you for listening to Crestview Inspiration. May this ministry touch your heart, encourage you, and strengthen you. And may the Lord bless you in your spiritual walk this week. So on behalf of the Crestview family, we invite you back next week, Friday at 10 a.m. on WPTL as we spread the good news of Jesus.